I don't think I can be that funny. <laughs> I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Father. Holy Spirit, if you're not here, these are just words. We need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. Help us to get this word. Help us to get this Bible. Help us to live it out in our lives. Help us to know you. Help us to look like Jesus. Help us to hear what you're saying tonight, Holy Spirit. We love you so much. We honour you. Amen. Amen. All right, tonight, um, for the past four weeks, Dave has been journeying through Ephesians. So he's done Ephesians 1 to 4. And tonight he asked me to continue with Ephesians. So that's exciting. Um, In case you missed a few weeks, here's the quickest overview ever. So Ephesians was written by Paul to the churches around Ephesus. And in the first three chapters of Ephesians, Paul discusses identity, who we are because Christ came. He talks about what we have access to through faith in Jesus. And if you ever need a reminder of who you are, or if you ever need a bit of a pump up, if you're ever feeling a bit down in the dumps, go to Ephesians and read Ephesians 1 to 3. Here's a quick, like, some of the good parts. Um, Chapter 1, verse 4, you're holy and blameless before him. Chapter 1, verse 7, we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness for our trespasses. 1, verse 11, we have obtained an inheritance. 1, verse 13, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit. Are you alive? This is exciting. Chapter 1, 19, there is immeasurable greatness of power towards those who believe. Chapter 2, verse 6, we are seated in heavenly places in Christ. 2, verse 10, we are God's workmanship, created for good works. 2, 13, we have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 2, 18, we have access to the Father. 2, 22, we are a dwelling place for God. 3, 19, we can be filled with the fullness of God. Whoa, and that's not even all of it. Come on. (laughs) Camp there until you believe it. And then in chapters 4 to 6, Paul changes gears. So he goes from unpacking identity and he starts to unpack what it looks like when you believe all that stuff. Um, Which is very helpful and practical for us because the gospel should look like something. The last thing we want is to have a church full of people who have correct theology and a language of righteousness, but it doesn't actually look like something in their life. Like, that that would be a tragedy. So let's not be those people. A healthy, natural progression of just understanding Bible and then applying it to your life is... Truth will pop in your heart. It's like you hear God speak or you read something in the word and it goes pop. And it's like revelation, exciting. It's an awesome place to be in. 
It's like the aha moment. It's like, oh my gosh, I understand. I finally understand. That's awesome. But from that place, you need to go into like the next step, which is where you make that truth part of your life. You camp on that truth. You ask questions. You talk to people about it. You make it your own. Because I don't want to just be regurgitating what David Ridley said a week ago. I want to know it for myself. I want to know that I know it. I want to live it. I want to breathe it. I want it to become part of who I am. Okay, so you can have a revel. You go from bang, truth pops to like own it. I actually believe it now. I can't be moved from this. It's mine. It's my revelation. And then the healthy progression from there is we apply it to our life. It starts to look like something. We start to actually walk it out. And you can't walk something out if you don't believe it. So then you'll ask yourself, the revelation of righteousness, I camp in it for like, for me, I camped in it for a good year, maybe two years, asking questions, being like a crazy person, listening to every message on righteousness, looking up every scripture, like getting into it. And then it's like, yes, it's mine. And then it's like, okay, I believe it. I believe it. You can't change my mind. It's what the Bible says. It's what God says about me. So then what does it look like? Because I'm righteous, what does it look like in my marriage? What does it look like as a mother? What does it look like like, as I work and as I conduct myself? Like you need to learn to walk things out. Walk out what you believe. Proper belief leads to proper behaviour. So, in Ephesians 4-6, to Paul addresses what it looks like for the church, how you walk in your life, what it looks like for husbands and wives, for parents and children, for servants and masters. And one of the most powerful questions you can ask the Lord is, what does the gospel look like? And I encourage you to ask the Lord that question a lot. Because if you listen to what he says, you'll probably change the world. So tonight we're focusing on Ephesians 5. I hope you're ready. Grab your Bibles out. And as I read chapters of the Bible or books of the Bible, I like to read the whole thing and then have a quick like think about it and be like, What was that talking about in a few words? So when I read Ephesians 5, I read through the chapter and I thought about it for like 15 seconds and I was like, this is talking about love and holiness. So that's what I entitled. I just wrote that in pencil in my Bible, love and holiness, Ephesians 5. Okay, so we'll start at Ephesians 1. It says, therefore. Now, we can't start anything with a therefore because we don't know what it's talking about. We don't know what it's thereforeing about. Therefore means because, because of what I've talked about like in the last few verses, here's the conclusion. Okay, so we're going to have to go back a little bit so we can know what Paul's really saying. So I'm going to go to Ephesians 4.31. And it says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamour and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. 
Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children. That therefore could be substituted with a in other words. That's what God looks like. Just do what he does. Look like him. Imitate him. Follow his way. Verse 2, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Oh, God help us get this. God, we have to get this. 1 Timothy 1.5, it says, the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart and a good conscience and a sincere faith. So the therefore of knowing the Bible, of knowing that you're righteous, of knowing your identity, of intimacy with God, is that you become love. The goalposts of this community have always been that we would become love and that the world would know that we're his disciples because of the love that we have for one another. And just in case you're not convinced, 1 John 4, 8 says, Anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. That's Bible. God is love. If you know him, you will love. 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, so are we in this world. John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give unto you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, the whole world will know that you're, you're my disciples. By the love that you have for one another. Just like the men's night. That guy got born again because of the love that the men had for one another. Not because of their fancy preaching. Not because of their awesome worship. It was because of the love they had for one another. And he's like, what the heck? I want that. I don't have that in my life. I, I want this. And it comes from knowing God. So our desire is for a community of people that know God and receive the love of the Father and who then become the very same self-sacrificing love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. So what does love look like? How do we love one another so well that the, that the world stops to take notice and says God must be real? Firstly, you need to be loved by God. You can't give, you can't give what you don't have. Receive his love. And you might be thinking, well, Naomi, how do I do that? How do I receive the love of God? If you have trouble receiving the love of God, you need to start at the cross. Jesus gave his life so you could be joined to him. Start there. He left heaven and became nothing. And he was beaten beyond recognition, marred more than any man, so that you could be freed from sin. He became sin on a cross, so you could have access to God. 
The cross of Jesus screams for eternity. I love you. I love you. I love you. And if you, like, struggle with receiving God's love, ask him to take you there. Ask him to take you to the cross. Ask him to show you. Settle it. You need to settle that he loves you. What else can it look like? Get in the word. Oh my gosh. When I read my Bible, I use lots of highlighters and they're all different colours. And so when I'm reading the Bible and I come across anything that has to do with God loving me, I colour it in pink. So then when I'm having a bummer of a day and I don't feel God's love, I get in the word and I'm like, I've read it. I know God loves me. And I remind myself. That's another way. Um, What else? Read Song of Songs in the Passion Translation. Just like lock yourself away for half a day and read that book over and over again and let the Lord just ravish your heart. He loves you. What else can it look like to be loved by God? Spend time with him. Allow him to speak to you, to encourage you, to cheer you on. Ask God to love you. He's busting to love you. He actually can't wait to like speak to you and to sing over you. What else? There was a time this year when I was very gently and lovingly rebuked by the Lord. He loves that when he, uh, he does that when he loves you. He will like gently just like nudge you back onto the the path when you just go a little bit astray. Um, And I was in the prayer room just back there and I was working away on my computer, typing away and there was music playing and I wasn't really in the headspace to encounter God or to like spend time with him. I was in work mode. But next minute, I've, I found myself face planted on the floor, um, just overcome with the presence of God. And he showed me a vision. And I saw a glass beaker. You know those ones they use in science? Just like a glass beaker that they mix chemicals in. And I saw that. And it was just suspended in midair in a black room. It's just that glass beaker and it was upside down. And the Lord, I saw this beaker and the Lord spoke to me and he said, Naomi, that glass beaker is you. And he said, I so appreciate your heart and I know that you have laid down your life and you'll do anything I say and you will pour yourself out. I know that you've like, I know that you get the gospel. (laughs) He said, but I'm going to make just a little adjustment. And I saw the hand of God come into the picture and he put the beaker up the right way. And he said, Naomi, you must let me fill you 
and you must function from a place of overflow. Um, and so I learned to be filled with the love of God and I learned to um, go away with him when he asked me to and for the next few weeks I would come into worship and he would like direct me and he would say Naomi don't sing you will receive from me right now did you know you can receive the love of God in worship in music Sometimes he just wants to love you. Some people get out in nature to receive from God. Some people go to the beach and talk to him at the beach and receive his love there. Whatever it is for you, do it and do it often. God can love you through music, through people, through creation. It will be different for everyone, but know this. He's the lover of your soul. And you're created to receive his love. And you can't imitate him or love like him until you've been loved by him. So to walk in love, we first must receive his love. Then how do we walk it out? What does it look like? The Bible talks a lot about this. I have two favourites. So let's go to Philippians 2, verse 2 to 5, and we'll be in the Passion Translation, just because I like it. It says, So I'm asking you, my friends, yeah, beautiful, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be, fr be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness, Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. Gosh, that's what love looks like. Read that every day till it gets ingrained in your heart, till you start living that. Dan Moller, his first... However long, six months, the Lord said, read Ephesians 2, sorry, read Philippians 2 and don't move. He read that just over and over and over and over and over again until like it became who he, who he is. Do it. It will change your life. And if you're still unsure of what love looks like, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 to 8 spells it out in plain English. It defines love. It says, love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. 
It is not puffed up. It does not behave rudely. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked. It thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. That's what love looks like. And to be super clear, love and affection, they're not synonymous. I'm not going to even try and say that word again. (laughs) Love is not affection. I can give someone a hug and not be loving them. I can touch people affectionately and not be loving them. I can show people affection in order to love them because I'm born again and because I have a pure heart. And I can be affectionate in order to show love. However, I will not be overly affectionate with anyone. Why? Because I love you. And I can love you by being patient and I can love you by being kind, and I can love you by laying down my life and preferring you and treating you with selflessness. I can love you that way. I don't have to give you a back massage. I'll save that for my husband. I wanna bear in mind everyone. I want to consider everyone in the room. And I don't want to do anything that will cause someone to be thinking in their head, ooh, what's she touching them like that for? Because when they're doing that, they're not thinking about Jesus. Their eye isn't on the prize. Be wise in how you walk. Be wise in how you love. Everything you do is an example and a permission to someone else. And Romans 15 talks about that maturity is considering the weaker among you and helping them grow up into maturity. Just remember that all things are lawful, but not all things are helpful. That's 1 Corinthians 10:23. So let's as a community use wisdom in how we love one another. Gosh, we're still at verse 2. <laughs> says, "And walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God." But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not be even named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place. But instead, let there be thanksgiving. That really preaches for itself. The gospel looks like something. It doesn't look like sexual immorality covetousness, filthiness, foolish talk or crude joking. You are holy, you're blameless and you're above above reproach. You were purchased with the blood of Jesus, so get rid of that stuff. It's not who you are. It says rather than that, there should be thanksgiving. Why? Because we enter his gates with thanksgiving. 
Thanksgiving is a highway into his presence. It goes on. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them. For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try and discern what is pleasing to the Lord. So Paul has said, imitate Christ. Love like he does. Get rid of all this junk. Why? And he reminds them, for you were once darkness, but now you're light in the Lord. So make it look like something. Actually walk in the light. Don't feel condemned. This is not a measure and it's not a list of do's and don'ts. It's a mirror. Paul's reminding you of who you are. If you're born again, you're light. The spirit of God is in you. You are united with him. And he, and he has ripped out your sinful nature and given you a brand new nature that is clean and right before him. That's going to look like something. It's going to look like light and not darkness. It's going to look like hope for the hopeless. It's going to look like provision where there's lack, peace where there was fear, joy where there was sorrow. It looks like a brand new creation. Christ in us, the hope of glory. You were once darkness, but now you're light. Walk as children of the light. I love this next verse. It changed my life. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. This is like the little exposing lies verse. <sighs> Most darkness starts as a lie. Yeah. A subtle or not so subtle thought or feeling. A fiery dart from a little devil. Previously, these thoughts would just sit in my head or, or a feeling and they'd just rob my day. Who's been there? But I learned that as I actually started to take this word in and read who I was, some of those lies would fall off. But other lies that were more stubborn actually required me to be brave and expose them. So what does that look like? Well, I might go to my church group leader and say, hey, Ruth, just had this thought today that I'm worthless and it won't go away. And I know it's not true. Can you just speak truth over me? And Ruth would go, I would love to do that. And she'd be like, yes. She'd speak truth and she'll... And then, poof, that thing goes. As you replace lies with truth, they have to go. They can't stay. And if you diligently do that, all of a sudden one day, you're going to have free headspace. It's just going to be empty up here. You're just going to have like, you're just going to have this 
highway to God's voice because you're not going to have all these nasty little lies in here telling you lies. So get good at exposing lies. Get good at just being real. Don't be afraid. It'll set you free. The gospel works. Mm. I'm like, oh, we're nearly running out of time. Verse 14, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be encouraged. God is not a mystery. You can understand his will. You can be his friend. You can read your Bible and learn about him. Verse 18, And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. We've been rescued from our sinful condition and brought into glorious light. The God who made the universe is our Father. What else is there to do but to love God and love each other? What else is there to do with our lives? And you might say, yeah, but Naomi, you don't understand. I have a business, I have a job, I have a family. Praise God. I have a family, I have a job, I have, I have stuff I have to do. But my gosh, be a light while you do it. Yeah. Praise God and love others while you work, while you family, while you, I don't know, do whatever you do. Be a light and shine. God lives in you. And then Paul goes on to talk about marriage and what it should look like for believers. I'm just going to read this whole chunk and then make a few comments and then we're nearly done. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its saviour. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to everything, in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, 
and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Sometimes people get a bit confused and upset about this, but I think it's pretty simple. When you have a marriage where there's both husband and wife who love Jesus, who are born again, who are in the light, the Bible makes it pretty clear. Husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church. Lay down your life for her. And wives, I promise you, you will have no trouble to submitting to a love that's laid down its life for you. It's as simple as that. Husbands, lay down your life like Jesus laid down his. And wives, submit to, submit to that love. <laughs> Respond to that love. It's so simple. It's the Bible. So Ephesians 5, love and holiness. I'm done. That's it. Um, so read it this week just get alone with the Lord ask him what he wants to talk to you about ask him to make that chapter look like something in your life because just that chapter alone can like man it can change your life just that one little part of the Bible so I just encourage you to just Spend time with him this week. Receive his love. Be a light in your world. Can I pray for you all? Thank you, Father God, for every single person in this room. They're so precious to you, God. Thank you that you love them. And I just pray right now for this week, Father God, that you will fill up every heart in this room with the fullness of your love. I pray, Father God, that every heart in this room would receive the fullness of the love that you have for them. And I pray this week, God, you will help them to see you clearly and just imitate you. Just walk as you walk, Father. And I just thank you, God, for your spirit. I thank you for your grace. I thank you that we don't have to strive. We just have to be loved by you and then walk with you. And I just pray for blessing over every single soul in this room. Father, I thank you for insane intimacy with you this week. I thank you for visions and dreams. I thank you that everybody that is sick will be healed. And we just um, pray this week, Father, we pray for salvations. We pray for divine encounters, Lord, with people that need to hear the gospel, that need light in their life. God, set those up for us, Father, and help us to be obedient to your voice. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name.
Amen. I think that's it. Have a great week. Um, if anyone, when I was spending time with the Lord this afternoon, I felt like there was someone with stomach issues, someone maybe with an ear that, that is not hearing properly or something's wrong with someone's ear, and I like saw a picture of someone's neck, so I don't know if there's like glands or something going on, if there's something going on, if any of that speaks to you, like I would love to pray for you before you go. Have a great week, everyone.